You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. On Friday, the UN claimed that the era of global warming was over, that now we have entered a new phase of climate change they're calling global boiling. The evidence is clear. The world is getting hotter, and with wildfires now forcing people to flee parts of Greece while also threatening a host of other European countries, those places we flock to during Australia's colder months are starting to look like they may not be the ideal escape in the future. Today, we look at where our European and Australian summer holidays are headed. As the UN tells us, climate change isn't on the horizon, it's here. But first, your news headlines for Monday, July 31. Sam Kerr will be back in the Matildas side taking on Canada in tonight's clash, hoping to help her teammates keep their Women's World Cup dream alive. Australia is currently sitting on three points and must beat Canada, who have four, to move on to the round of 16. Kerr is likely to start on the bench to be subbed in later in the game. Sadly, fellow hosts New Zealand have been knocked out after failing to score in their clash with Switzerland, the game ending in a nil-all draw. The search is continuing for the main body of an army helicopter that crashed with four people on board during military drills late Friday. The army aircraft crashed into waters near Queensland's Hamilton Island. Some debris from the craft was found on Saturday, but the main body of the helicopter still hasn't been located, as the search for the crewman identified as Captain Daniel Lyon, Lieutenant Maxwell Nugent, Warrant Officer Class 2 Joseph Laycock and Corporal Alexander Nags continues. 47 of the M MRH-90 helicopters have now been grounded until further notice. This is the second time one of the aircraft has been involved in an emergency incident this year, with another having to ditch into the sea off the coast of New South Wales back in March. The Australian government has moved to reassure Indonesian authorities that Australian cattle exports are free from lumpy skin disease. Indonesia has paused exports from four Australian facilities pending further testing of animals after a small number of exported cattle were detected with the disease. Australian Agriculture Minister Murray White saying we have never had a detection of LSD on our shores. The Red Meat Advisory Council and National Farmers Federation said the cattle were found to have lumpy skin disease but only after they'd spent some time in Indonesia. Sonia Kruger was the surprise winner of this year's Gold Logie, the host of three Channel 7 shows, saying she was shocked by the win too. Hamish Blake was expected to take out his third gold, but the host of The Voice, Dancing with the Stars and Big Brother beat him to the statue, making her way to the stage, saying, I can't believe that. I have to compose myself. I'm not used to being on TV. The other big winner of the night was Colin from Accounts, which won three Logies, including Most Outstanding Comedy. It stars Patrick Bramall and Harriet Dyer winning Most Outstanding Actor and Actress. Amy Shark scored Best New Talent for her role on Australian Idol. Australia topped the medal tally with the most gold at the World Swimming Championships in Japan, but have missed out on the award for best team. Australia won the most gold. They have the swimmer with the most individual golds in Molly O'Callaghan, who won five, and the female swimmer of the championships in Callie McEwen, who took gold in all three of the backstroke events. But the US scored the best team award because they won more medals overall. Australia comes home with 13 gold, seven silver and five bronze. That's your latest news headlines in a moment. Today's deep dive.
opened Instagram and there are countless posts from friends, family and random strangers who are currently taking a European summer vacation. There's Sarah Hansen-Young, the Green Senator, posing on a bridge in Rome. Sofia Vergara's in Italy too, recovering from her split with husband Joe Manginello poolside. Aussie star Tony Collette hit the Italian beaches too. Amal Clooney stepped out on a date with hubby George at their Lake Como getaway, while F1 star Lewis Hamilton is rocking out in Ibiza. Our Mamma Mia work colleague Valentina is swanning around Santorini, and a friend has just completed a round trip that took in the UK, France, Denmark and back again, posting shots in front of Buckingham Palace, on the canals, in front of the Eiffel Tower. And then there's this Aussie couple who decided to head back to Greece for the summer from their home in Adelaide. This is Gianna speaking to the Today Show. We come on holidays and I was surprised to see all this fire everywhere in the island. I was very sad. I was crying because we toured the island and everything was green last week. And today, the 70% is burned. Wildfires have now destroyed hundreds of thousands of hectares of forest on Greek islands. More than 30,000 tourists and locals across Corfu, Evia and Rhodes have had to evacuate as temperatures rose above 40 degrees Celsius and winds fanned the flames. The week-long blaze leading to flight cancellations and the abandonment of luxury villas as tourists tried to escape. But while it's those Greek fires making headlines, at the same time, fires were burning across nine other European countries, including Croatia, Italy and Portugal. At least 34 people died as the flames spread across Algeria, with 1,500 people forced to evacuate, witnesses describing scenes that many Aussies will find all too familiar, walls of flames that raged like a blowtorch. Italy has been hit by storms and wildfires at the same time, with people losing their lives as torrential rain and hail flooded streets and uprooted trees in the north, while fires threatened lives in Sicily as a heatwave persisted in the south, a record 47.6 degrees recorded in the east Sicilian town of Catania. There are fires in France, one alarmingly close to Nice airport. In Croatia, firefighting planes were grounded because the wind was so strong. Spain's island of Gran Canaria is watching a rapidly spreading wildfire while hundreds of firefighters are battling blazes in Portugal, the flames closing in on the popular holiday spot Cascais and the capital Lisbon. A hospital and homes had to be evacuated in Turkey as fires approached. Emergency crews are stretched to their limits. Climate change is here, it is terrifying and it is just the beginning. The era of global warming has ended. The era of global boiling has arrived. The air is unbreathable. The heat is unbearable. And the level of fossil fuel profits and climate inaction is unacceptable. That's UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres addressing reporters after it was revealed that July is on track to overtake all previous heat benchmarks, making it the hottest month on record ever. Guterres went on to say that they didn't even have to wait till the end of the month to declare it. Short of a mini ice age by today, July 2023 will shatter records across the board. 
And it's not just Europe breaking records either. Southwestern parts of the US have also been sweltering through an unusually hot season, and parts of China have broken temperature records, with one area of northwest China reaching 52.2 degrees Celsius. Summer used to be the season of freedom, where school is out and kids can enjoy those long, lazy, warm days. But have we reached the point where we have to rethink when we take time off? Have we hit the threshold where summer is no longer beaches and Bali trips, but catastrophic weather and wildfires? Andrew King is a senior lecturer in climate science at the University of Melbourne. Andrew, is summer about to become unbearable pretty much everywhere around the globe? Certainly we're seeing really extreme conditions this northern hemisphere summer in the places you were mentioning. So, yeah, there's definitely places on the planet where summer is becoming increasingly unbearable and we're seeing much worsening heat extremes and really dangerous weather. That's not true everywhere, of course. You know, northern Europe is actually having pretty normal summer weather, even slightly cooler than normal summer weather, as the heat is being really directed towards the Mediterranean region. So not everywhere is experiencing the extreme heat, but the places that are, yeah, it's really dangerous, extreme weather, and definitely what we should expect to see more of as we continue to warm the planet. Now, lots of people have been hearing quite a bit about El Nino and they are presuming that this has something to do with it because the UN has declared it's already here, whereas the Australian Bureau have said not quite. Does El Nino play a role in what's happening across the Mediterranean at the moment? It might be playing like a very small role, but at the moment we're seeing an El Nino form in terms of the very warm ocean conditions in the central and eastern Pacific. However, we're not really seeing the atmosphere respond, and that's why the Bureau of Meteorology hasn't declared an El Nino yet, while other agencies have. So the El Nino is starting to form, but it's not really influencing what's going on in the atmosphere yet, and it probably isn't really having a big influence on the extreme weather in the Northern Hemisphere at the moment. And just how much of an influence is climate change having on this season? So we know that the extreme heat, the the really high temperatures that we're seeing in the Northern Hemisphere, in China, in Southern Europe, in Southwestern US, we just wouldn't really be getting those temperatures without human-caused climate change. So we could have still heat waves if we hadn't been emitting greenhouse gases for the last 200 years or so but they just wouldn't be as hot as they are in the world of today where we have changed the atmosphere through our greenhouse gas emissions. Now, Australians do love a European summer holiday and, you know, as evidenced by anyone's social media right now, August tends to be sort of the peak month for Aussies to travel into the Northern Hemisphere. What can we expect more of these kind of things happening through the Mediterranean region? Should we avoid that area through August or are things going to calm down? Do we know? Well, the weather now is starting to calm down. Um, We're seeing cooler conditions in the Mediterranean generally than we've seen over the last two or three weeks. It's hard to say beyond like the next week or so exactly what the weather will do. But we know in general that this part of the world often has extreme heat 
in the summer. And so Aussies going over there should be prepared for extreme heat, making sure you stay hydrated, staying in the shade, maybe avoiding being out in the middle of the day if possible, slowing down the sightseeing if the weather is really extreme, just taking appropriate actions. Can we look to the Northern Hemisphere as somewhat as a blueprint of what might be expected in Australia come sort of December, January? So it's only alarming what we're seeing in the Northern Hemisphere. The exact kind of atmospheric patterns that are bringing the extreme heat across so much of the Northern Hemisphere, we don't really see those kinds of patterns in the Southern Hemisphere because we just have a lot less land and a lot more ocean in the Southern Hemisphere. And that influences kind of how the atmosphere responds. So it wouldn't look exactly like what we're seeing in the Northern Hemisphere. But with a likely El Nino forming, that does mean that we've got an increased probability of having a hot, dry summer in Australia. Certainly, it's pretty likely to be warmer and drier than we've had the last two or three years when we've had the La Niñas, we've had the flooding rains, especially in eastern Australia. So we're likely to see a switch to you know, somewhat drier, warmer conditions. And because we keep warming the planet and through our greenhouse gas emissions, we're raising the chance of having extreme heat events beyond what we've seen before. Are we getting close to a point where we're going to have to start rethinking summer holidays? Is it now getting to a point where if we don't take drastic action that summer is actually going to start becoming unbearable pretty much everywhere? I think Australians have already had a hint of this when we had the really bad bushfires in the summer of 2019-20, um, the black summer as some people call it. We saw people on their summer holidays, you know, after Christmas that summer in parts of southern New South Wales, we had really bad fires. And in eastern Victoria, people getting stranded on their summer holidays in places like Malakuta. And I think that was a bit of a warning of what we might expect to see more of as we continue to see the planet warming. So, yeah, our summers are certainly becoming worse. They're not the nice summers of the past when, you know, we had heat waves, but now we're seeing heat events and really bad fire weather that are making our summers a bit less nice than they used to be. Antonio Guterres was not messing around at that press conference last week, but despite his words striking fear into the hearts of those of us already experiencing some considerable climate anxiety, he says it's still not too late to do something about it. No more hesitancy. No more excuses. No more waiting for the others to move first. There is simply no more time for that. It is still possible to limit global temperature rise to 1.5 degrees Celsius and avoid the very worst of climate change, but only with dramatic, immediate climate action. The Quickie is produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Callie Borg, with audio production by Tom Lyon.